Kia ora and welcome back to the Stag Raw Podcast. This is episode 285. Thank you so much to all you that left a rating. After the last episode, we are at 48 on Spotify, so we're just at two away from the magical 50. But of course, that's just the uh, first minor goal. We want to reach thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands. Um, so if we even got all the Spotify followers to get started, it'd have us on our way to that goal of 1,000. So thank you so much. Because what it does is it helps us to get the episodes out to more people so more people can learn about living their life less ordinary, get those little examples of people following their passions, doing the things that fill them up, um, and of course hearing about the rickety up and down road that it takes to get to following your dreams. Speaking of following your dreams, and a shared dream I have actually, Will Fleming has uh, started Campfire Studios. Um, awesome stuff there for Will. Um, I'm super excited. I will have recorded an episode at Campfire Studios before this goes out, so look out for that one. And if you or someone you know is looking for some audiovisual uh, content, hit up Campfire Studios, or you're wanting to start a podcast. This year, it appears to be the year of the podcast, but like so many, they go out on their own. Some even go and buy the roadcaster and all the mics and everything and uh, get about three episodes in and then that's them done. So with all of that taken care of, Campfire Studios take out the grunt work and you can get on with um, having the enjoyable, awesome part of uh, having the conversation. Of course, for me and for Will, the technical side of things, the background side of things is also enjoyable and exciting. And I think that speaks to both of our longevity. Um, I think you could call Will almost the Adam Curry of podcasting in New Zealand, the uh, the podcaster or the uh, podfather for New Zealand. Um, he has been around for over 10 years. Um, he's before that worked in television. So yeah, you're uh, in excellent hands when it comes to Will. So I hope you really, really enjoy this podcast. Make sure you go over to Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever and actually have a good look at Campfire Studios and what it offers. There are a number of uh, podcasts out there that are actually recorded in um, Campfire Studios. There's um, a couple of, I think, Hendo's Hot Topics out of there. Um, the Wolf of Queen Street comes out of Campfire Studios. And of course, uh, one of my episodes shortly is going to be out of there. So yeah, keep an eye out for that studio. It's really, really exciting. Um, and also just check out the amazing stuff that Will's doing, and especially his new podcast, A Beacon of Hope, which I'm a, a guest on. Um, I talk about my beautiful daughter that's just sitting over here watching me, finding this very interesting. And um, Di Henwood is on there. Um, Dr. Paul Wood, who of course we've had on this podcast a few times. Yeah, some really, really interesting stuff on there. Um, so they start out sort of half an hour stuff, but I see that Will, uh, with the introduction of podcasts on YouTube, has added that out to a, to an hour and, and a bit more video content. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by Kane's Deer Velvet. If you or your loved one have some aches and pains setting in or an injury that needs support to heal, consider topping up your body with Kane's Deer Velvet. It's packed full of amazing nutrients that the body uses in maintaining immune system, bones, joints, circulation, and general well-being. Find out more at www.canesdearvelvet.com and use the code STAGRAW252 to get yourself a 25% introductory discount. 
drinkelement.com slash stagraw is where you can get it yourself a free sample of the amazing drink element just pay for the shipping from the states if you're doing an order over a hundred dollars us you will get free international shipping and i think you lucky buggers in the states get free shipping i took the drink element with me on my uh recent hunt into the kaimanawas jeepers it was a amazing resource to head I, I spilled a bit of gravy on those on those hikes up and over mountains but um drink element kept me hydrated and of course the brain drink invested by none other than steve and adams Arepa, the world's smartest brain food 100 percent natural caffeine free effects you can feel stag raw will get you 20 percent off when you order from their website which has a link in the show notes go and check them out leave a rating as well let's keep pushing forward with with those ratings and reviews uh, make sure you're subscribed and uh yeah let's get into episode 285 with will fleming from campfire studio Beautiful. Kia ora, Will Fleming. How, How are you, you Ryan? I'm very good. All the better for seeing you, my friend. My yeah. other my other one percenter. <laughs> no, Chris Chris Desmond's back on the horse, isn't he? Uh yes, but he is well, I think he's been flirting with his own company. Yeah. And and also just trying to be, you know, a little bit more regular on LinkedIn with the social media content. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you'll never stop us from doing some form of podcasting. It's just been too much fun, you know. Too it's it's a well, it's probably been therapy for us in some ways, hasn't it? Mate, um, I made a knife the other week. I am going to be trialing a pack on my hunt next week um i'm going to come up and see your beautiful studio in two weeks mate what let's go the awesome thing to must open the door each time and go fuck this is real Um, I'll tell you what's real is my internet in Waiuku, which just dropped a little bit out as you were saying something. Just repeat that for me. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was saying, what's it like to open the door and go, fuck, this is real. <laughs> Do you mean just in general, or were you talking about the podcast studio? That's studio. That's studio oh, itself. Oh, well, bro, it's, um, it's surreal. Sorry. And I was planning my week this week, and I have a um a ridiculous amount of control over that and i never anticipated that would be one of the benefits to attempting to run your own gig you know when you try something for yourself you don't only have your history of baggage you have (laughs) statistics you have statistics like you know one in three small businesses will fail you'll have everyone telling you the reasons why not to and the funny thing about it and i was thinking about this before we came on i don't want to really take us off too many tangents but i've found it like an exercise in faith and not that i'm any good at exercising religious faith but to believe that something will be there if you try to believe that there will be an answering of 
whether that be commercially or your friends um, finding leads for you or just yourself uh, enjoying the freedoms I guess that comes along with the with the stresses um, so to answer your question in a very long way every that door represents more than just a studio a podcast studio that represents um, well you know this human journey that I'm on trying to recon reconcile this idea of you know how what's what's worth it what's worth it and um it's those little things bro being able to say to myself tomorrow that i've got time to drop the kid off at kindy and go with my wife for a walk and then i've got an appointment at 12 and and that's on my terms and so if you talk to me in a year i might be like bro it's not worth it you know <laughs> but but i suspect that it will be because um as as one of have you had Alia Bujalova, Dr. Alia, on your podcast? Not on my podcast. Uh, there yeah. was a there was a period of time where I did try to organise things, and I, I don't know what happened in her life, but um, mm. we lost contact. But I have heard her story and heard her talk. Um, when I moved back from Australia, um, I went and worked for a physique practice, and well, now the Independent Optometry Group, and I got to go to their sort of AGM in Queenstown, and she was the guest speaker, and mm. it was. I think half an hour, 45 minutes, we had all sort of had some some drinks and nibbles and conversation and I think we had dinner already and then Alia spoke and, mate, everyone couldn't get their jaws off the table. They were just like, mm. holy shit. That's this right. Is, this is when things get real. <laughs> yeah. So so would very much encourage you and support you and still trying to pursue her as a guest. Oh, yeah. Because an amazing person and how it relates to why I brought her up is I recently had her as a guest on uh, my podcast and I was asking her about hope, but from a first person lens, you know, I'm mm. hoping that I'm trialing this stuff and that there'll be something at the end of this tunnel, if that makes sense. Or, you know, and I guess in brass tacks, I'm hoping I'll be able to make enough sales or learn how to do that. And that there will be a need for the office, the office, um, the service that I provide in terms of podcasting and video creation for clients and she said well look how hope works is it's it's enough to get you to that next step and of course when you're at the next step you'll survey your options mm. and because you will because that is how life works what she said is horrible is something that she categorizes toxic hope mm. which is you hope your current situation will get better and that kind of hit me like a train, you know, because you got the stress over on this side, which is, let's just say, all of us wanting to pursue our dream mm. and all of the baggage that I referred to. And then you've got the other version of us over here, which is probably where most people sit, right? And it's a good place to sit because it's somewhat security driven. Uh, no one likes the idea of not being able to feed their kids or even go without themselves. But I thought that toxic hope was something many of us can maybe relate to. The idea of hoping that things in your world will get better. Things that you might not like or that you don't understand or that happened to you. And she actually said, that's not hope, that's wishing. Mm. And you shouldn't wish. So, so yeah, bro, um, you mentioned, you know, the studio door and opening that up. And, and um, I would say... Uh, it's it's a beautiful thing and also i guess i should say too that 
I've been searching, as you know, through our relationship for years about, I guess, what what makes us us and makes us fulfilled and happy. And one thing I've realized is that there's awesome luck in life sometimes if you can, I guess, take that first step. And and actually where the studio is, is my business partner. His name's Guy Pigden, and he's a film producer, and he's a friend that we uh, built a slow relationship with over the years and never knew that our paths would cross this way. But he happens to have a passion for making people look beautiful on a you know a wide lens or like what you see on your screen mm-hmm. and that's why he's a filmmaker and i happen to have a passion for like just talking with people mm-hmm. and whether i call that sales or podcasting or tuesday i don't care i just love connecting and so what we've been able to do is bring our i guess skills together and um, that's life's that's life's gift right luck that's uh if, if you're willing to i guess pop your head up and see what's happening at the time yeah yeah i listened to that uh, episode i've listened to a few of them yeah and it was interesting when you had me on and you were talking about the the concept of hope i i sort of um toyed with the idea that i'm not that hopeful but i am Mm. um but i'm very quick to turn my hope to action and and i think that was what i reverberated back and, and forth with with Ali's point and then it was it was the same when you had Paul Wood on lately and and, and again Diane Wood the conversation you had with him there was a lot of that sort of um action and Dyes was was quite good in that he he with cancer originally went to fight it um that was his initial reaction and then to sit with it and be with it and and take take it with, with him because what you say it, it's part of me and so i've yeah. got to i've got to work with it i was like hmm, that's that's, that's quite right. nice yeah yeah absolutely and and one of the bits of uh critique i give myself and maybe um you know well i don't even have the right word and i don't want to be disrespectful to many of us but we're part-time wellness warriors you know, we're interested in the education around lots of things that are supposed to enhance you, biohacks or systems, you know. But one thing I thought with Dai, who's going through stage four cancer, is all of those tools are great till the wheels come off. Mm. <laughs> and then you're left with what are the true things that you adopt. And he's talked to me in the past about mindfulness, you know, Buddhist meditation, um, i guess cold therapy fasting all of the things that are real buzzwords but that dude is enacting them now and the biggest one that really kind of blew my socks off was like and it doesn't make sense when you say it out loud because we're not culturally encouraged to talk this way but he even sends his love to cancer Hmm. you know because he's like maybe that thing feeds off not just you know sugars and fats in your body and to grow but maybe it feeds off the you know the hate or the anger you give it and so like you put yourself in those shoes and you're like well i think most of us would say we're quite you know open and resilient and willing to give things a go really you're going to love your cancer when you get it mm-hmm. so you, you but but you know when you talk to someone and and let's just let's just see yeah no that was a really interesting episode for me i mean obviously that 
podcast we're talking about is a beacon of hope. That's my new, um, I guess, uh, evolution of where I'm at as a podcaster that um, I'm open, I've been open to a lot. You know, my first attempt was, please blow my mind. That was Mm. the question to people. Can you just let me in on what makes you, what makes you you and what you find interesting? And although I don't think it was a huge success because of its numbers, I definitely think it was a podcast of love for me. You know, I ran for 163 episodes and again, made some amazing friends, but I always had that question, you know, what are you searching for, Will? What are you searching for? And I guess when it came down to it, and I, I took a break from podcasting and I started the Campfire Studios business, so I obviously got that itch back. Mm. But the itch gets scratched. I, and I've tested this, you know, 50 times or so, where if I sit in the production chair just to produce a podcast, I still get the buzz. And I was so thankful that it wasn't all ego for me, that I don't need to just be the dude on camera you know or on mic that that i actually got a buzz just being in the room when as you know 20 minutes in you've reached that point where you're like gosh what is that what what is that connection you know and i i would suspect that's what we're addicted to that's what i think our audiences may hope for every time a conversation begins especially if they're not so familiar with us but um but yeah bro it's uh it's it's kind of it continues to be a wild journey and and I never thought I mean I guess I hoped it would be my job one day but I, maybe I put it under the archetype of you know Joe Rogan do it for a long time for nothing and maybe something will come your way and you know I think one thing we don't think about him is well just the um, uh, amount of talent and contacts and resource and also timing you know. And I hope to maybe, if you're not going to follow exactly his system, but maybe just look at what made it interesting, he did something he enjoyed for a long time and just happened Mm. to, um, that happened to come of age, you know? And so I guess that was the question for me, what's that for us, you know? And um, I guess my big hope and fingers crossed is that I'll work really hard to provide awesome uh, podcasts and video and audio for people who are, have the resource and are busy, you know, that they can pop into the campfire studio and I'll push record and they're on, you know, and they mm. look fabulous. Um, and by no means is, is that a, um, anything on out what we do because, you know, we're just podcasters who we don't mind being in person. We don't mind doing it online. We don't even mind if uh, the gear breaks down and we've got to start again. That's how much we love it, you know? <laughs> and and, us, and that's, a, that's me and you doing a podcast one time. My gear broke down and um, and then we went another two hours. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had that. Um, I've laid it. I've uh, resorted, thankfully, that the, uh, my partner has a very good iPad that can do 1080 and 6, 6 FPS and, and it's, like, quite good. <laughs> like, oh, that's going to serve a purpose for a while. Um because as you well know, these these things aren't cheap. But um, yeah, well, I remember in that conversation you were talking about that you were at that sort of precipice of like, what do I do with Please Blow My Mind? And and of mm. course, you had this idea of studios in, in your head and you were waiting to execute. What was it like putting Please Blow My Mind to bed? Um, I guess what I'd say, bro, is like the last year. So we're recording this on Sunday the 16th. On... On Wednesday the 18th, 
that's one year since my mother passed mm. and so for the last year i've been i guess just processing what that all means mm -hmm. you know and in some ways this podcast my current evolution you know the a beacon of hope it is a love letter to my mum because mm. she just by kind of you know being a good mum filled me with hope which sometimes is confronting and in a way that when you look at the world it can sometimes seem a bit too fearful mm. and kind of tyranny based if you know what i mean where yeah. power is everything and and actually you sit there and think well where the hell does things like love and hope fit and of course i think the answer might be for me anyway that it's in things like healing and trust and you know um hoping the best for others and those type of things so i guess i was just ready to make a couple of little pivots you know like i think because mostly i interview people and I'm, maybe some of me comes through but there's lots of me that doesn't come through when i'm interviewing people because it's about them and and i really love that but one thing i have a insecurity about is um I sometimes feel like i wasn't prepared for a world that's like out of the world we're going into mm -hmm. quite a tough world you know dog eat dog you know the people like trump get to the top because they're really that, that that's just their dream is to control you know to be on top and that's right and i guess i thought well maybe one way to actually not be powerful but to kind of not be so scared of the world is to start doing a few more brave things for yourself mm. you know and and so that's maybe where like things like starting to ponder what would it be like me running my own thing um, and that's probably been a 10 year maybe longer exercise but but uh, but yeah just maybe spurred on by this um moment in my life where my mum passed i'm the youngest of all the kids in our family so i'm the spoiled brat i'm also this weird mixture of someone if you meet me in real life i'm quite tall i'm six foot four and most people are quite like taken back because if they see me online it's not obvious how big you are you know like tall wise <clears throat> and so i have this weird thing with people where i'm big like a bear but i'm gentle like a whatever you know and there's this weird element to me but so i've been trying to process all this stuff and it's a really long way again of just saying like you know i'm not sure what everything's about in life but i'm, I'm quite certain that it's about taking action it's about making decisions and it's about trying i believe not to have too many regrets mm. you know and so a regret i think i would have I'm 42 now i think i was 52 and i was still you know kind of making videos for people for others and still just doing my thing i think i'd be a bit disappointed with myself mm -hmm. uh that i didn't actually um you know seize the moment uh look at i guess taking a bit more control into my own life the other weird thing that ha has happened to me over the last one or two years is i i got a mentor and I've been kind of, I guess, resistant to having a mentor. 
because I don't like listening to people. <laughs> I don't mind listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I particularly don't like listening to people who I get the feeling aren't better at what they do than I am. And I know that's a really like it's quite a naive view of the world, but I started to have problems with managers where they would try and tell me things. And I think they were just doing it because they were my manager. Mm -hmm. And I think I wanted to relate to people on a deeper level to say, I thought we were actually talking above standard KPIs yeah. where you actually know my skills because people have told you and I've actually saved your bacon and you've saved mine. And that's mm -hmm. actually what we're here to fight for. But when it came down to it, the process, the system, the KPI, the contract was kind of pushed back at me. And it kind of... I've had really, that twice. Yeah, but, last year, man. yeah, yeah. And look... That's why um, where I am. <laughs> it breaks your heart. There's no yeah. other way. Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where you get frustrated. You're like, I, th I thought we were, you know, even like words like colleagues, humanity, um, yeah. you know, trying to work towards the same goal. But you're going to shut right. me, you're going to push me down and shut me down just because you're senior. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. You know, I've been trying to, because uh, actually, um, you know, everyone will have a different story. And I think it leaves pain, it leaves trauma, you know, it leaves your heart broken, especially if you're someone who really kind of believes in big missions. And when people say they have values, like, oh, I want to be in on that, mm, you know, like too, nothing yeah. more than, you know, and then especially when people say to you, oh, look, man, we've got your well-being in mind. I'm like, <laughs> that's all I've ever wanted as a mummy's yeah. boy, you know, just <laughs> that I, I will give you that trust and I expect the highest level that, you know, that if something was really wrong, you could sit down and have a heart to heart. And I guess I just started having some experiences weren't, which weren't all other people's fault. Maybe some of it was mine, but it was suggesting to me that, you know, the more you kind of, I guess, try and break the shackles, maybe that's when others realize that and they're not so sure because they've, you know, maybe they've got their own issues with that and they haven't broken it for themselves. So it's like, well, this dude's not getting one up on us. Mm -hmm. you know so so that you know i guess as a conglomerate and the other thing too like being 42 uh, um you know meaning of being of the universe in it is it um, <laughs> something like that 40, 42 43 awesome awesome oh well 43 from, I'm coming from the hitch, hitchhiker's guide i haven't watched it so Sweet. i couldn't wait couldn't couldn't tell you the answer <laughs> just like the meaning of life is 42 isn't it Okay. Oh, well, it's certainly my meaning of life, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and I know what it is. I know the answer. The answer is that you can see, you can, you can plot out things because you know, you're with a bit of luck at least halfway through this thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so you're thinking to yourself, it becomes really obvious because things like realizing how fast that went, you know? Mm. And, and so, you know, bro, look, I just think it's really interesting. I've been trying to categorize exactly what I'm up to, and it's really hard to. Um, it's really hard to put it into words because some of you feels like a bit of a schema. You know, you're trying to make yourself believe so you can do it, and the mm. other half is like, no, 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 no. I've got 20 years' experience doing this stuff now. 
And it's a bit different to a teenage version of an entrepreneurial you. Mm. You actually uh, do have some things to pedal, if you know what I mean. If you can, if you can go for it and be a bit lucky, and others will champion you, and you can do a good job. So, you know, I, I I put it down to kind of three questions that I've been developing for myself, and when people ask, I'll tell them. And you didn't ask, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, so the question I ask myself all the time, or probably not all the time, but enough is, what can I do? that others find hard, but I find easy. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's a logical way of saying maybe that's what you were put here to do or maybe a gift or something that your brain just gets, you know, mm -hmm. something that you can go into flow with and <clears throat> and it's not hard, you know, but others would be like, dude, I could never do that, you mm -hmm. know. So that's the first question. Then the second one to kind of push on the first question is, um, will people pay money for that <laughs> you know and that's the hard one that's the mm. one you've got to be kind of honest to yourself and I, I think there is a way if you can use that question to kind of mold the first one around so i was trying to get away from like well i really love eating is will people pay money for that probably probably but you'll have to be the world's best eater you know and are you prepared to try and be the world's best eater um in the podcasting realm i love podcasting will people pay money for that probably not in my current format because i'd need to be one or two on the top 10 of podcasters and actually that's results driven you know you need to have a large audience and that probably won't happen for me so i used it to kind of tweak the thing well what is it about podcasting that i like you know and all those things and that became a little bit of a an idea that became my business you know mm -hmm. and then of course luck of uh, coming up mentioning my business colleague and then actually finding that people would put money towards it you know that's the that's the hard bit and that's the fear right mm -hmm. that you start all this thing and you got the website and actually can't make sales mm -hmm. um i think i had a third question but probably two is enough you know those are the ones that i bounce back and forward when I'm thinking about this stuff. So I try and make it quite logical for me. And and I know by now after doing, and you should be the same, you know, whether it be in your optometry field or in your podcasting career, um, that you definitely tick off those boxes of, uh, you know, what do I, what can I do that, you know, others find hard, but I find easy. And then just using that second question to help guide you. Mm. you know but i guess what i'd say too bro is like time's ticking yeah and don't I, I think it's true when you hear the elderly say like i wish i had given it a go yeah yeah i you had know? that had that on friday popped into my old work and caught up with my boss and he because he did a did a reference for me and we were just talking about you know what the next sort of two years potentially going to look like Mm. And um, then I caught caught up with uh, the other boss's wife, and sort of gave her the the surface story um, of what's happened in the last couple of months. And she, she flat out said to her, "How old are you, Ryan?" I was like, "Oh, chill out, <laughs> chill out." Mm. You know, I was like, I, "I said to her, there is there is a reason." I said, "There is a reason," but I, unfortunately, she was with somebody, and and like it's, uh, and you know, I'm talking about. At surface level here on a podcast, and unfortunately, I probably 
probably can't dive dive deeper publicly but yeah it's it's like it's similar to that situation you're talking about of being you know diving into something in good faith with passion trying to see a, a um the, the same values and the same idea and towards the same goal and to get quashed on a couple of things and get absolutely crushed on it you go mm. fuck this that's what i spoke about when i was talking here this is the long road i was trying to figure out what to do next and mm. i've made i've made a move um I'm, I'm going to be working at spec savers which again takes a little bit of mental gymnastics but i have a bigger purpose there that that makes that a good move and the right move and i've had support from people in the industry that have um said sounds like a good move um because yeah if, like i said in that podcast there's a couple of things i've got to sort out from my past that that need tidied up and mean that i can go forward with, with confidence yeah. and, and and do that so yeah with with um like the timing of it all um and then also intriguingly from me outside looking in the people that you've connected with in terms of pacifica and and um is it specific they let's get specific yeah let's get pacific it's one Precific, of will's that's the one. crack up made up names that i um got funding for a podcast yeah yeah um so you obviously knew that your time was coming to an end with your mum and you got some recordings done mm. and you sort of like the i purposely said to you at the start kia there will the this connection and loss of story to you of of your heritage and then to see the connection you've made in bringing the business forward has been a fascinating thing like wow what a what a cool thing and it, and it's and it's interesting like you say you're the youngest but you're the mama's boy you've also kind of like picked up the well what the fuck is our story mm, yeah 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 well my mum just a bit quickly on her family story she's the youngest of her family and her dad came to new zealand from raro to build the harbour bridge right that was mm -hmm. that was his story he got a job to come and do that so the way it worked is he saved up and they had five kids and it took them 10 years to get them over by boat so they had work one would come over work one would come over and so there's all sorts of kind of difficulties with just getting your head around that especially mm -hmm. in our work now which you know it definitely doesn't span over years you know it spans over days or weeks and and just trying to get your head around how all that stuff worked but i guess my mum did some really awesome things but in some ways they had some negative unintended consequences one of them was she thought she was doing the right thing by raising me just like a kiwi of the 80s mm. You know and and i guess you know you start to see like a pushback on that these days and and um in terms of more cultural uh inclusion mm. but i grew up not knowing jack shit about my past you know and where i come from and her family now that's not entirely true because we have a big cook island family and we would always visit you know but i was always like the kind of you know i guess the white cousin you know mm -hmm. who came from the farm and hung out with everyone and, and so 
it was good though you know like it's not like i didn't have a ball growing up and uh still extremely close with all my family but i don't know how to speak cook island i don't know how to introduce myself and like i said 42 is the uh, magic number bro because i thought to myself if i'm halfway through i've only really i searched one part of my existence and i've got two you know so my, the other part is the european side which I have absolutely leveraged, you know, I've gone to, you know, European schools, I've grown up, you know, having a reasonable command over English and and being able to network and, you know, grew up in those kind of rugby environments and, you know what I mean, like all of the privileges that everyone is saying is there are absolutely there if you are part of these groups which network um through opportunity and golf clubs and that type of stuff you know i went to auckland, I went to auckland grammar and yep. it was like that they breed you to be the next generation of leaders you know and i guess in saying that i but again i guess this the power struggle for me has been you know i don't wish to be a ceo of a big company i don't wish to try and control big amounts of money you know that isn't so the Cook Island part of me, I think, has always just been dormant, you know, which is more of those values around things that break your heart, bro. Trust, community, like service, the belief in higher things, you know. Um, and 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 so yeah, man. Like, I'm definitely aggressively. I've used this that term in a funding meeting I had the other day. I'm aggressively trying to reconnect with my Pacific side. And the way I'm doing that is by saying all of these tools that I learned over 20 years, whether it be my time working in TV or learning how to edit to a really high level, I'm going to use that now. That's going to be my that's going to be my business. I'm going to try and use those skills as the world is asking for more indigenous voice. I will help contribute positively to that market, you know. And so we've had some mild success by being in a good timing for conversations you know where people are looking for more ways to have amplification online for example and um and and i guess bro like i'm at a good age where people actually are interested in listening to somebody who's in their 40s you know as opposed to me being in my 20s where you just sound like a runt if you know what i mean and like, no, like, yeah, like, what would you know, types sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, like, life has that kind of stuff planned for you. And I know there's a sweet spot, you know, oh, that's my instinct anyway, is that I better be established by my 50s because I don't want to have to be chasing this as hard. I want to be thinking about what 50 year olds think about if they've, you know, had their can or been allowed to, um, or they've fought for their own decision making if you know what i mean so yeah man it's um it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting moment in my life and our and our time in history and where our country is and and you know i feel for you man i feel for you because i mean obviously we're speaking publicly but i've heard a bit of your story on my podcast i said to you offline the other day my wife listened to it and you know the feedback she said she said i wish i knew more hmm you know, I wish I wish I could ask Ryan all these things. And I think that's one of the things we have to grapple with is we go right to the edge 
but then we leave the details you know <laughs> and it's good and bad it protects us but also it's like it's hard eh? we invite people along for the journey and then we say well you're at the door now and uh, sorry you can't come in so I, I you know i guess what i'm trying to say is she loved the podcast and um but she was like oh there's too many things to imagine what are the variables here you know and and i guess i'd just say to you like you know obviously i know things are weighing heavy on your heart but um you know you just i think and it might just be because i'm in the honeymoon period of trying to start this and we've had some mild success with a few funding applications but when you make an aggressive attempt to have a bit more control over the variables mm -hmm. other things are, there's other things that um meet you halfway <laughs> yeah you know it's good yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the answer answer to that like hi at the door i think um what we've both spoken about the, the humanity of things is that um and even you were saying about when it comes to those interactions we both have that empathy to understand that it is in a relationship situation um there are two people uh, present when there are disagreements or when you know us personally or somebody else feels vulnerable and there's always two sides and i'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to other people in life that you don't know what's going on in their life they will have their set of reasons why they feel the way they feel and a bit like us um letting on a little bit that something haven't gone to play but both have big gratitude that we have great lives um and lucky that we have great lives um yeah, no, that the two are dealing with this and their journey and their outcomes. And when when things don't align, um, I think you do have to be okay to go. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be able to open the door on their whole bag of shit, and probably don't want to either, mm. um, because I'm, I'm not the person to sort their life out or or their bag of stuff i've got to sort my own bag of things out and uh, so that, that's a sort of humility and empathy that you can have when when a situation ends not necessarily badly but with a disagreement that that, that you sort of can't solve yeah that's right and and it's just tricky you know yeah it is <laughs> tricky it's tricky to to make sense because I don't think there's too many really evil people right yeah but there's definitely you can get yourself into a position where you're like you can start feeling like like hatred you know what i mean and maybe it's not entirely fair because you're also frustrated that you get limited control over things or you know so i don't know man like i just don't think everything needs to be confronted i think yeah. that um i'll go and or we'll just we'll just go to a different area and we'll try and make the wind stack up in this space and when it enters my mind and i'll get really pissed off i'll just uh, you know i'll try and send a bit of love or at least if, if you're not willing to do that i'll say that question imagine if you could you know offer um a bit of gratitude that way and this is not really applicable to much but it's something going on in my world I brought my first home and of course 
everyone who's owned a home will say to you, your first home is not your perfect home, you know. But I've got a few neighbours who are a bit rowdy, you know, and I think um, that there's yes, a bit of <laughs> substance abuse, which as somebody who um, thrives best when I can understand the circumstances I'm in, I'm really not good if you put me in a situation where it's really unpredictable. So that's why kind of drugs freak me out, makes people yeah. unpredictable. And also at unpredictable times. But let's just say for conversation's sake that there's been a few instances, right? So I find myself really on edge about that. But I also sit back and try and do the exercise of, man, at least hope for the best for that person. You know, mm. maybe they're just around the corner of getting some support. You know, even if I'm not brave enough to go and offer it, right? Which is what the other thing Dai Henwood said in his episode is he's just that dude. He'll go down and see the neighbors and say, Hey, can I help out in any way? You mm. know, for me I'm 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 not currently uh brave enough to do things like that. I don't know why. <clears throat> um but but you know, it's like the world is intense and there's many many lenses we can look through, eh? And I guess for me, mm. I'm just trying to look through one where I control my own variables, but where I'm aware that other variables are out there and uh, where possible, maybe just try and think, maybe, um, you know, hope for the best for them. Yeah, yeah. You're picking up on what you were saying about the stories and how like, there is a need in this world for for acknowledging the stories like me me growing up in Invercargill um it's it's unreal to uh, someone like Stefan Smith and Gareth Jones and, and hear about um Bluff my eye and, and like, I knew it was there I knew it was going on but someone will tell me um I I went to a primary school that luckily enough had its mud eye um but I didn't actually know the context of why a school had a mud eye I take mm. it that um probably Invercargill being quite Scottish, um, Protestant type thing. I imagine, but I had a connection with either Presbyterian or, or Anglican faith, whereas um, my school was Catholic. So I, I assume that's how Tetuarangi uh, got formed. That there was mm -hmm. a portion of of you know Southland of Gargle who were Catholic, and, and that was the model they wanted to set up. So, yeah, I don't. These are all assumptions. Um, but uh, my stepdaughter is Kahangungu and, and Kaitau, and her uncle has just started a page, um, Kauwaka, and he's going around on Instagram, beautiful, like, like, a bit like your studio at Campfire, um, got the good mics as well, just telling the real simple stories of what to do on, on Marae. And it's like, that is awesome. So, you know, I'm Irish and a little bit of Scottish and Welsh and English, but mostly Irish. But I think that's really awesome, especially um, her being my stepdaughter. It's like, you know, what is your marae and what is your iwi um, and what are the customs and stories of that. So it's the beauty of social media is that we can create these stories. How, how have you sort of found the people that are coming as storytellers and mm. their excitement to share the story? Yeah, I mean, one thing I think I just didn't know I would excel at is actually supporting someone with the confidence to think that they have a story to tell. 
Hmm. Because what happens is like, you know, and this will sound a bit tripe, and I don't mean it to, but I guess there would be some validation if you look at the current climate of politics that who kind of owns history owns the literature yeah. too. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and of course, there's a massive critique on that, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you've got generation of Kiwi kids who can talk to their English ancestry, right? And even historically be proud of that. And I guess one of the things is I'm, I'm realizing is that when I speak to a lot of Pacific and Maori people, to talk about really positive things isn't where the climate is at. You know, we're still at the stage of trying to acknowledge the past, get it get it acknowledged on i guess publicly you know the things like the dawn raids and stuff so that it can begin the healing and it just seems a bit ironic because we do know if you put it under different contexts i guess a psychological one that to heal from a trauma it has to be acknowledged and if you watch andrew humer uh, professor huberman stuff you've actually got to kind of move towards it hmm. you know and so if you, I guess, look on paper at Māori and Pacific communities, um, you know, whether that be substance abuse, whether that be racial abuse, definitely there's trauma there. And I'm not here to talk about that trauma, but I can say from a person who works with a lot of communities that there's A, a confidence needed to be proud of talking about your, um, let's say, getting past your pepeha, you know, mm -hmm. So I think now, like you're talking about your stepdaughter, we're getting proud of that. But what's next? And that's where I'm trying to fill those gaps, I guess. And these aren't things I've strategically thought about, but as I'm thinking and talking to you, they're coming out. And that's a real privilege, bro, to sit with someone mm -hmm. and to have an elder talk to a younger person and for this back and forth to begin. And like I would personally say, how beautiful it is to kind of witness that healing process you know to to hear through conversations and and that's been wonderful to so we just finished producing a podcast for a friend of mine and it's not out yet but it's very exciting and who knows how it will go but essentially he's a tongan academic and he's done a podcast series with other tongan academics and the kind of cool thing about this is it will sit somewhere online mm. and it will find its audience. And the way university academia is moving, as he's told me, is that um, soon, well, now you can actually reference a podcast. You know, so I like the idea that this will positively contribute to future generations and that it will be long lasting and that, you know, people maybe don't take seriously that um lots of cultures are oral based cultures and they of course by default when it's books and presentations and emails that run our day are at a deficit <laughs> because that's not what our ancestors in the pacific did for example you know we were very big on oral based um education so look again man i don't want it to come off uh any any other way then um clearly people know that it's an intense world we live in and I, I personally just like it that 
I get to kind of dip into this really progressive space of healing and also value because, as you know, and your audience knows and I know, when you wrap the podcast, you think, that was awesome, you know? Mm. And, and, and that is actually what, uh, um, you know, in the Pacific, they have a word for conversation. It's, it's two words brought to one, talanoa, right? And that's a bit like Māori, kōrero. But talanoa, as I learned from uh, one of the guests that, I had on this upcoming Pacific podcast around suicide prevention. Um, I, I might butcher it because you, know, you know I'm still learning. But in short, tala is the talk part, but they have this other area, the noa. So tala being talk, noa being space, mm. and so it's providing a space to talk. And I thought that's a really interesting concept, right? Because here we say, oh, we'll just yarn yarn with a mate but of course when you really think about it when we have our deep conversations it might be around a campsite it might be around a beer after work it might be if in a more severe case with a psychologist or a counselor we care deeply about spaces as well in the west don't we we just don't kind of think that's a real thing because we're so zeros and ones about things <laughs> yeah, and I, th that just brings to mind learning Italian that they, like, again, put the words belonging to, the space belonging to, da-da-da, you know, they add so much more description, whereas Kiwians, we have this, like, bastardized British English that we just kind of chuck it in yarn. But it's like, where do we go to have a yarn? Is exactly right. Uh, um, and then on the flip side, you know, it always comes to mind, um, homebrew, you know, we talk a bunch of bulls, bullshit, small scores and with the talk. You know, there's that part of things. And maybe that is yarn. It's, 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 it's small, it's surface levels, it's nothing. But when we get into the deeper stuff, then it is, it is broader. And, like, that's that's what, for me why I love cooking and conversation um yeah. this weekend nicole and i have been alone together for the first time since january and driving in a car we've been having conversations uh, making meals together been having conversations it's, it's really really cool and i love that space of pr preparation of food sharing of food uh, relationship to food that's why i love agriculture and why i love hunting and why i love gathering and why i love um topography and geography like the place that it came from, the story that it had with it, um, to why the, the French talk about, you know, the place that it came from. Um, mm, it's, 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 I think, um, when it comes to that English side of things, we, we ran away from the monarchy, but we kept it, kept it as, as our little like anchor. And meanwhile, we bastardized a lot of it and it's it's what are we now like 150 years old more than that now nearly nearly getting closer to 200 years old we're still the adolescence we're still in that like just te early teens like what the fuck is going on with me mm. <laughs> as a country we're like what what well, I did this and I did that and I learned that and someone told me this and someone told me that and oh, I don't know what anything means. 
Yeah, no, you're 100% and, and right. everything's changing too. Everything's changing too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and it's scary, and it's 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 like it's always been, you know. It's intense, and it's probably probably a bit tougher than we thought. And I guess you're looking for those anchors, and and I, I would say like, uh, you know, the the one we all grew up with, which is the British anchor, clearly it has its limitations. You know, we yeah. saw that in previous generations of our men, for example, who. Who wouldn't talk about their feelings because that's not the way it's done i mean look at how that player plays out in britain at the highest order in the monarchy you know what did i hear harry say not that i'm a huge fan of um harry but i it took a mild interest it's like uh well effectively something just like never explained never complained or something like that and if you have the resources to absorb that okay maybe you'll make it through but there's no guarantee there, you know, and and also it's like um, you've got this kind of the weird macho bit leftovers from the British stuff, eh? And and I think that it's clearly not a strategy to booze yourself up before you start your deep chat, you know, and it can work maybe in wartime as a suppression tactic, but I think we should talk about this more, like. We can learn things or relearn things from our indigenous cultures about, um, just like we said, if we said to people, do you know why it's important to have a chat with a counsellor? I don't know what most people would say, but if you could put it through the indigenous lens or that Talanoa lens, you might say, you know, it's not about having a chat, mate. It's about having a meaningful chat. Mm -hmm. And these people's whole careers are to give you a meaningful experience to sit you down, to provide a space where there's no interruption. They know they're not a family member. There's no baggage there. They know that what they say has prior, uh, client privilege, you know? And I think we spend a, not enough time talking like that to our mates publicly, you know, to say, this is, this is not like, this is not being a soft cock, you know? What's, I, I think what's being a soft cock, I haven't used that word since I was like 20 but um, what's being a soft cock is just thinking that all of that stuff's bullshit. Because it's not. No, that's you know? a reaction, isn't it? Like, I'm going to push it away. Really. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll drink it away. I'll, I'll cheat it away. I'll fight it away, you know. And, um, you know, I think I think it's having a bit of courage to... And, you know, this is this is actually throughout our whole communities and society isn't it that we're grappling with this in real time you know i don't want to change anything and and there's parts mm -hmm. of me that's even like that and it's you know it's hard not to get frustrated at younger generations because they're different just like you and i were the younger generations not so many years ago you know and people get pissed off at us because we wanted to wear baggy pants or listen to nirvana or you know get too many earrings whatever it is um so yeah bro and and of course we live in the most brutal times in some ways because there's this whole social media world there's a whole another world we have to live in yeah. and and of you know the thing that freaked me the most out about i think you and i've talked about algorithms before but the mm -hmm. thing i never knew that really freaked me out was an algorithm works best when it can predict and that makes total sense 
but then it works best because it can make the user predictable mm. and i thought you know what that's the worst i'm sitting here kind of saying i hate unpredictability <laughs> but in some, <laughs> in some ways in some ways that's some of the best moments right when yeah. you didn't know what was going to happen and something amazing happened bro you know yeah. so, have you ever had those yarns with your friends to say remember that night we had a blast and we didn't even have a plan and it was mm -hmm. way better than the night that we planned everything to the t and so isn't that a shame that everything's going to be so predictable that uh there is no spontaneity and you know i don't know bro it's um i can see why people get let down um and i think i even talked about it on my podcast with alia saying i was talking to a young person who said time feels so fast and i said why is that and they said because when the world's dissolving around you it speeds things up and I thought that was a really sad moment, you know? It mm. shouldn't feel like that for people. It shouldn't feel like Especially that. young. Especially young. It should be so novel. And then I think that speaks to the idea that if you're in your phone and the world is predictable, then it's not normal. Mm. Um, I, you, said, you said about the, like, the thing you didn't plan. So last week I made a knife and I was chatting with um, an old lady and we were talking about he had some spoons there. I said, oh, I really want to do spoon making. I've actually I've written down I've wanted to get a hook knife for a long time. He burrowed into his drawers and he go and said, what, what wood should you use? He's like, ah, oh, softwood, birch is really good trees are really good i was like actually i've got a peach tree and then he's pretty and so had this knife and pairing knife and went off picked up the way came back home and last weekend easter uh, nicole was away so I kind of put out the saw and cut a couple of limbs off the uh, tree out they tidied it up um and started whittling away at this piece of peach wood i had and then, sure enough, Billy rocks up and says, "Here, Dad, this one here, make that, make me a spoon too." And I was like, "Oh dear, I'm, I'm having hard enough time as it is making my own one, until I make you one." And so over the weekend, I went back and forth, back and forth, and whittling a spoon for someone that's not that sort of sculpturally minded, I'm very good at comparing and, and executing, seeing and executing, seeing and executing, analyzing, executing, um, but to like create. And ironic with this podcast to create is um, not one of my strong points. But slowly over the weekend, made it better, made it smaller, started sanding. And we together sat outside in the sun and did this. I also was like, I need to set up my um, little camping shelter that I can take hunting. And sure enough, that turned into a little bit of a game in Billy's head. And then I was like, right, I'm going to set up my other tent as well. So we had two tents on the, on the yard. So meanwhile, while we're working away, we're sort of playing a game that we're keeping on the back, back lawn and completely unplanned, unreal, best, best time. Best time we can have with a five-year-old. 
awesome. and it's just like two days worth of unplanned nothingness was was wicked <laughs> mm, beautiful yeah. Be- and yeah beautiful memories you know yeah yeah and 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 how good is like a five-year-old's imagination like my daughter shot four deer that day <laughs> my backyard and took <laughs> awesome. we had a uh, visited soup it was, it was crap yeah yeah <laughs> The, it's, it's also about about like the the spaces um camping at at uh when the new year start of the year in Wonka, um when when the light goes out you know you you go inside and you start playing cards you get away from the sandbars mostly down there in Wonka, mm-hmm. and you know you part of the way through the game starting playing the game and you concentrate on the game and then the old conversation starts up and and it was again this sort of acknowledgement of trauma and, and and changing of perspective um my uncle and auntie were talking about them trying to organize some americans that came in a school exchange to go to marae and they had struggled with one of the marae not so much with the other and, and sort of put it to them that like it's tough for the marae to have an outsider come in and say, can you help me and they've had the experience or the existence of the marae of not being helped and doing it on their own. Why do you want to go and you know show these Americans? You know, from our perspective, it's like, why don't you want to show these Americans the culture? It's like, well, our culture has been suppressed, and we had the story of of my stepdaughter's uh, grandfather going by a different name because his name, his body name, is suppressed. And it's a poor example, you know. That's that kind of what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, the like perspective change of like an experience from 10 years ago, like, oh, maybe that's that's why. And and again, that thing within Southland, probably the whole South Island of like, oh, Kaito, who settled first and back in the 90s, and there doesn't seem to be too much treaty beef going on there. They seem to be doing well, as in we are not necessarily talking about uh, members, but, you know, Seems to be going all good. <laughs> Why don't they want to share their culture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, look, it's um, even from my perspective, I'm half Cook Island. Remember, Cook Islanders were part of the New Zealand government, so they weren't kind of targeted in the dawn raids, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I recently did on LinkedIn is I, I added uh, in brackets to my name, my Cook Island name. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so Widamu is the uh, Maori name for William, and Vidi or V I R I A M U Vidi Amu is the is the name I grew up with from my grandmother. Right. So my yeah. mum's mum, and I, I remember my whole. I thought that was my name growing up, you know. Um, and I've only, and just in the last last night actually, I thought, you know what, I will put that as an acknowledgement of a part of me. So I guess what I'm saying, bro, is like I've had a great life. I've had limited to no trauma, like really big stuff. I guess I present more European, so even the racism thing to the most part hasn't been part of my story. And I still have only just put that side of me publicly. You Mm, know, so mm. that is like, it is tricky. It is tricky because whatever way you, yeah, yeah, like it's not nice to have the feeling that it's only important 
um, let's just take your example for the marae, it's like, well, because we don't feel like doing it, maybe that's okay, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. If yeah. I came to your town and you didn't feel like doing it, there would be no thing, but there's, it's, I guess it's under that guise of, well, it's the Americans asking, can we just do it? And it's like, no, mm. you know, and that's okay sometimes, I guess. But it's tricky because obviously there's a revenue side to this whole thing now. And, and I think the there was a part, part, of, part, of, part of what soured, soured the experience was like, oh, we took the revenue thing. And I was like, mm. well, the place has got run and you're asking them to do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and of course for ev for that story, there's the opposite that's happened of generosity too, and you know, um, I guess I guess that's you know that that's the challenge to know that actually what's worth trying to calibrate for. I think I think the way it would go down is if everyone has a blast and there's an equal give and take, then there will be a transfer of something. Mm. You know, and maybe that is the correct way to think about things. Um, mm. It's a slow burn way. It's not a capitalist way. It's a relationship building way. And, and that's why going back to kind of our work scenarios, that's why it's hurt so goddamn much, because that's how I think many of us would like to approach it. You know, let's go long term. Let's go. Let's try and create these wins together and celebrate the success together. You know, but um, look, I get it, bro. It's all different. I know. I knew from early on I wasn't going to be a really, uh, what do you call it, successful rugby player, because I didn't like winning enough. You know, mm. like some of my favorite times were when you come off a loss and that feeling you have with people of connection. You know, mm. but of course that's beaten out of you at a certain level, isn't it? Because it's like you lost, and it's about winning. And um, I actually heard a nice thing the other day, which has helped frame a little bit of up for me, which is like, the goal isn't to win. The goal is to keep playing. Yeah. And that's is that, what is that I Simon thought. Sinek? What's that? Is that Simon Sinek? Is no, it's a guy. talking about it, like, endless yeah. games now. Yeah, no, it's a, it might be from him, but the guy I heard it from is a guy, Alex Hormozzi. And um, he's actually quite big on LinkedIn, and I've been watching a bit of his stuff. But you know, he, he's he's um, really smart cat, and uh, I just really like that. I like the idea that like the goal, well, unless I can build a really successful business and someone buys it, then who knows what's next? But I want to keep playing, you know, and and maybe just to bookend that, bro, to play a bit more on your terms. You know, um, I mentioned earlier in our chat that I, I finally got a mentor and I've just remembered why I mentioned that. He said to me in our first meeting, and so this guy is, uh, this guy's kind of known as being really successful in the business field, inducted into the um, Business Hall of Fame. And he took a meeting with me, right? And I was like, man, you're like hot property. Why are you catching up with me? He said, mm. oh, I recognized a, a search in you. You know, that's his, his words to me. And I was like, whew, that's a bit uh, Wim Hof, you know. But um, I'll take that, you know. And so he, every month I, I said, will you mentor me? He said, no. And I said, oh, bugger. He said, but I'll teach you. I don't mentor people. I teach people. 
and you know i was like oh, okay mr miyagi you know type style that's right and it's a bit like that he teaches me about you know pause and effect you know the whole models for business like that and he picks up we're having coffee and he'll pick up the um the sweetener and he says what happens if i drop it will and i said uh hits the table and he says sometimes and i said no all the time are you sure yes even if i hate the sugar or the sweetener yes and he says that's that's a cause and effect that is predictable you know that you know exactly what will happen he says you've got, in your business you've got to find your cause and your effect and so mm -hmm. i thought about that for weeks you know and and ultimately it's not the gear if i talk cause and effect in, in my business i know that when i provide a safe space for someone to chat i know every time that they'll connect and feel a million bucks full of endorphins and mm -hmm. so now i'm seeing ryan if i can capitalize on that financially right mm -hmm. um i don't think that's a bad thing to do because i think it covers a lot of ticks and we're here to kind of survive in a monetary based system right but um it's really interesting to have a mentor and again i've been kind of resistant and maybe not really aggressively pushed that and then came across a few people who i thought could be potential mentors but it just didn't gel but anyway bro the thing that he said that kind of changed my direction when i first met him apart from cause and effect was he said will what's your why mm. and i said oh, oh i've really thought about that maybe maybe my family you know i really love podcasting and he said no that's not your why he said you don't have a why by the sounds of it so you can have mine and he said my why is to do what i want with whom i want whenever i want as often as i want or not <laughs> and he said 99 percent of people can have all of those things apart from the or not part <laughs> so your your decision making must give you the opportunity to say no <laughs> and nothing's in concrete ryan but i will say that is how i've been trying to live my life by doing what i want when i want as often as i want with whom i want or not so there's one caveat there i have a wife and family and the, mm. the there are they can break the rules you know because they're <laughs> the ones who who see me at my best and my worst you know yeah yeah that's that's intense yeah, I, th I think on the like the what you're doing and, and you're sort of trying to justify the monetizing of it. I think when you when you started off with this conversation about the what I seen and your article on LinkedIn about actually how small that you know one percent of people is, but actually how little like in podcasting that makes. that shows that it's actually really hard. And like you said, you find it easy. Lots of people want to podcast. Lots of people see value in podcasts. Lots of people don't actually understand the layers of value there are in podcast. Having a broad array of digital content that can be chopped up and spread out and put across all sorts of places and different links um, that links to websites that goes on numbers of platforms, giving links 
exclusive links back to websites, back to people, back to platforms, um, allows you to articulate a message, allows people to engage with, with somebody in a space. That's the value proposition. Podcasting and what it takes to be the 1% and get over 20 episodes, that's not very many, mm. is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the gap in the market. You know, yeah, and, well, 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 we all are, but I'm trying to find a way to. I'm trying to ask myself: Is there a sustainable system here that can at least keep me going until I really find the edge? You know, the like edge of the market. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I think, I think what I would like is you know how there's massive firms that do mm-hmm. contracts mm-hmm. for big companies. You know, maybe anything you see as a television ad, for example, that's that's had some grunt behind it. I would like to be part of the where that type of um, resource is given to these podcasts. Mm. You know, where that that and and I'll be kind of known as a champion of these conversations and bringing them together because they should happen, especially in a world which is, um, I guess, not really understanding the value of human connection you know um definitely in-person human connection or at least like what we're doing and and by actually these tools that we're using for our podcast now weren't built for podcasting they were built for a weird reason of this kind of lockdown environment where we all had to present ourselves in these virtual spaces and that it was actually not positive you know, mm. first of all, there was too many of us and that's not how a real chat works. And and then you spend the whole time looking at yourself, making sure you're not frowning too much or picking your nose, you know, and that became a more, that's right, you know, more stressful experience as opposed to what we're using for, which is at times we can portal together, can't we? And it feels like we're in a real setting together because it's very intimate. So, yeah, bro, it's 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 got me fascinated um and the the jury's out whether i truly believe that it will work but i'll tell you what i am not keen on i'm not keen on getting older and having more run-ins with people about trying to uh prove who's the most tolerant who's the most trustworthy i'd rather just go out there and have genuine relationships and that be the way i earn money and maybe that's not for everyone and i didn't think i didn't think it would be for me i come from a family of people who work for other people on both sides i don't i don't know anyone in my family who really runs successful big businesses so in some ways it'll be a fluke if i can get there but um yeah regardless bro we're gonna we're gonna have a go at this and and um so far so good you said that your mentor gave you a why and you didn't really have a why. When you left the editing suite and the in the camera behind, did you have a plan or you just thought, can't keep doing this in this form? Yeah, it's funny, eh? Like it's funny, it's been a transition over probably yeah. <laughs> two years. So what I've been trying to do is I had to walk away initially from the safety but I kept small contracts, Mm. 
you know and those contracts became frustrating because you were thinking i'm still doing everything in my two days and i'm trying to get paid for my week in my three days you know what i want to be doing is over here but i still have to do this and then i guess you keep pushing you keep pushing and you get a little bit more security a little bit more security and the the challenge the eternal challenge i have is what's enough buffer mm. you know and it's really unreasonable when you're the one in um the driver's seat you know with a job if you quit you got four weeks and you know you have to find something else if you can't before then it's done all the time you know people do it but when you run your own business four weeks seems like two days <laughs> you know and so i was in the situation where i'd had worked hard and let's say saved up six months of wages for me and still felt like i wouldn't be able to do this i got mm. to a situation where i had let's just say like a year's worth of salary that i could use wow. for me and because it's fear driven right and i'm still doing my other contracts and working yourself into the ground luckily though i guess what i would say on the positive side is i had started to zoom in to the areas where i wanted to work and so those mm -hmm. began to be the contracts right doing a podcast right. contract over here doing one over here doing some things i wasn't entirely comfortable with you know maybe having to do some teaching you know but still doing it and then um there was a moment where in the last three weeks maybe four weeks where i got a call we'd been building maybe six months towards a big piece of funding when i say a big piece i mean it's like it's not millions it's like you know a couple hundred grand that will support me and my business partner guy for two years mm -hmm. and uh we've got a challenge that we will um you know i'm happy to talk about but um and that was enough for me so i went to all my customers that i'm doing these contracts for and i said look i'll still work for you but it has to be on my terms in terms of a very limited time i'm going to be going full-time into my business and uh you know oddly we just ticked over so what are we 16th of april the first of april is the new financial year so i'm 16 days into working full-time for myself beautiful yeah that's cool that's, uh, that's really it's, exciting it's wild yeah 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 and and i have a lot of uh, motivation and if you had asked me what would i be doing when i set set out on that journey to try and be in this position i would say i have no idea i'll probably be making podcasts for people but what we have the funding for bro is to create so you know in high schools there's a uh, unit standards and that's what the yep. students have to earn um it's a bit different for those around our age because we were on a different setup I which is school got the start that, that stuff oh uh, yep yep and um so what i'm designing over the next two years by running courses and also uh working with a team of uh, really skilled people is to create an oral based podcast unit standard in which students can earn credits uh, in an oral based way so there'll be a research mm -hmm. element where the student has to research an elder in their community who they mm. wish to learn from there will be a technical element how do you set this stuff up so you can conduct and then you'll get credits based on your out output which is essentially a podcast 
but it's a piece of evidence about you conducting a conversation with someone older than you who you can learn from. And, you know, again, man, there's no guarantees, but I've had some pretty awesome conversations with potential partners in terms of NZQA and, mm. you know, other ministries, and everyone's kind of like, well, wish, wish you luck, Will. It's, it's, no, it's mo no small feat to do something new, you know, but I kind of feel like uh, kind of looping back around that that would be a lovely way for me to contribute to my Pacific ancestry, which is an oral-based culture, to say that students who wish to can now earn credits by doing it verbally, you know. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really cool. I feel really privileged to, to observe it, man. Like, it's, you, I hope you're really, really proud of, of what you've done and like you said, gone beyond that fear that you had, like, you know, despite all the preparation, like just all that element of fear, that that um, that willingness to to take the step. And it's cool you've mm -hmm. got the little, little podcast order to remind. You lost your network. Are you back? I'm back. Yeah. What did you hear from me? <laughs> oh, just something like you, you're real. You, you hung up on me after you said you're proud. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> it'll, it'll come out of the wash nah. of this podcast. Which yeah, that's the, right. Is the great thing about I you mean, to you, recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like, thank you, brother. I mean, um, I guess try and resist the temptation to say oh fuck yeah it's all working for will i guess what i would the biggest thing i'm most stoked for is um that i, I think it's really possible for each mm -hmm. of us to follow a path that is actually a bit more under our control that's what i wish for and cross my fingers for desperately for you you know that that you'll find that courage to um uh you know, know that if you start something that you're not just going to like sit around, mm. you're not just going to sit around and like, and it might be that you've got to innovate in a few areas, Yeah. you know, and you, and you know, you absolutely will because you do it all the time. Yep. You know, we do it all the time and, and we do it for others and we champion others, but there's some serious fear when it comes to ourselves. So, you know, um, yeah, safety nets probably sometimes hold us back you know um i guess some of the reasons why it needs to work for me one i saw well the passing of my mum was a reminder right i mentioned that the other thing too i'm a sole income earner for our family mm. so it's not like it i hope it works it fucking needs to work mm. you know and that gives you motivation to be pushing so you know probably not the right space to do this online but i'd say to you man like for example if your partner's working and you know you can scrape by and you got a few bucks in the bank then you can always go back to work for spec savers brother that's right i was gonna say the same thing to you man like if it doesn't work you can always get a job 100 percent, and you know we're in a job market aren't we at the moment so that's right that's right yeah and and we live in a country where the rumor has that they're trying to lift, lift uh, the <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're also in that country where you could get wins if you really needed to. So, you know, I guess that's the honest question with yourself. Is, is it worth having a crack? And uh, that's that's the privilege, which I think all of our parents and great-grandparents and whatnot worked their asses off for, eh? Yeah. You know, so that so that us could have a go. And who knows, it might all turn to shit. And like you say, we've got, we're lumped with a, a bunch of debt. But I think if you're a human-based business, meaning something that de deals with real people, I don't think there's a huge amount of cost associated with that. You know, I mean, I'd be worried if I needed to uh, have a hundred staff, but I know that I know that you could pretty much. Well, yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean, man. Um, have you ever had your uh, your what do they call it? Your Myers Briggs. Have you ever yep. had your character? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, oh, a, um, I'm a I'm a commander. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. What's the characteristics? What's the bullet points on that? Um, you, you basically want to want to steer the ship. Uh, so I think it's like ENFJ. So it's mostly extroverted. Um, you're quite analytical. You're empathetic, um, and yeah, the last one's judging. So that's that more inferences all the time. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm the I'm the champion they call it mm -hmm. and my kick is off supporting you mm -hmm. know so that's why i'm deadly serious when i say like absolutely you can do whatever you want ryan and mm -hmm. that if you can find uh if you can find the um courage to make it more on your terms i think it will help with the other areas in life too oh yeah 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 that, that gets back to your uh, leader why like doing with you up on your terms or not yeah like, yep. how good is that that's really good <laughs> well it was it was weird and but i guess there's some caveats i've said to i've met up with the, the mentor uh and he said look he said but the difference is will he said not everyone's made to step out he used the canoe you know he said not everyone's made to step out of the canoe and hoping that there's land there <laughs> You know, it might just be water, and it's mm. okay. We're all different, but I, I suspect I suspect you're um, maybe tinkering with the idea of doing your own thing. And I think lots of your audience would support you to know that you know. Well, mm. you know, when you've got a few hundred every download, at least if you put an ad up on your podcast, you know, at least those few hundred people would go and like it would share it to their networks and you hardly ever ask anything of anyone mm. and so it's like if you just said in one thing i need you to share this to your networks because i'm starting you know um o'connor optometry then it's like absolutely everyone would yeah, yeah. no it's true it's it, that, that is right it's, you know i've been i've watched Gary in 2015 and it turns out Crush It came from 2008 which is hard to believe but um, yeah Jab Jab but Hook was 15, 16 and that's that's exactly that isn't it you you know put out over 400 pockets of, of content plus whatever you do on, on the socials and, and 
story and all the rest you know to ask once and once in a blue moon is is interesting and yeah it's cool. so the uh the new podcast and campfire studios i, I referred it to somebody today actually so hopefully they come forth to you because the service that they were talking about was like well i just happened to know a guy <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah, exactly thanks, what you're saying yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah well, what what have you got going there with campfire studios yeah yeah so so campfire studios um essentially it's uh like a tv studio um basically in a garage you know so it's you would think people don't like going into a garage but what i've learned is people don't like going into a real tv studio where it makes you freak out you know <laughs> ultimately will look like you're in a tv studio but you're just in will's mate's garage you know so you're not kind of panicking but it's got all the bells and whistles it's got professional cameras it's got lighting it's got four microphones it's got a giant tv which you can put your logo up and you know um, a comfortable space where you can feel free to bring your networks in so when i'm dealing with a business i'm like you know you've absolutely got a giant list of people who could be your guests you've got your staff You've got your contacts, you know, you've got your potential contacts, you've got your family members, and you've got anyone else you can dream up because that's how podcasting works. It, after 10 years of us doing it, people still respond positively to getting an email to be a guest on a podcast. It's genius. It's a great network builder. Um, and I guess the other part to Campfire Studios is we make professional brand videos as well. So people who are looking to have that really crisp kind of... Uh, brand video um, both guy and i have got years of experience directing and working with um, businesses so we're going to be pushing that this year it's a great time to get in with us because um, we're going to be super cheap because our main funding is coming from the fun oh, sorry our main wages is coming from the funding right so we now can offer at cost and not go backwards if you know what i mean but we don't have to be profit driven at least for the next year and so yeah. it's fabulous it means we can help our friends to make awesome bits of content um, high-end pieces of content that would normally cost thousands and uh, in this case it only costs hundreds now so that's fantastic and the and the podcast a beacon of hope it's um the more i think about it it's a love letter to my mum uh when i get people on i i try to do what i've always done which is to connect deeply to talk about big topics and the big topic is hope where do you find hope and maybe that's caged within someone's personal story like it was with our conversations and i also try to um think about the digital archiving part of these chats where you know yourself i asked you to say that you love someone out loud uh just because because we do it all the time but what's beautiful and, and i'm experiencing this with uh recordings i did of my mum is i get to hear her talk and that's mm. going to be worth more value as the years go by i'm only one year into my um, journey of missing her but but i already have a regret and the regret regret was i didn't ask her to say she loved me on microphone mm. and mm. so when i can i will ask others to do that so that it's captured for them yeah man it's a, it's a beautiful piece of work and i've been enjoying uh them coming up in my my podcast app for spotify and you know um sometimes Thanks, I get to the end of, of 
So I'm listening to when up comes Wills and it's like, oh, what, what have we got going on now? And, and <laughs> thankfully, thankfully being you've been on many platforms, I see it already. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that one. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Thank you so much, Will. Uh, this has been a pleasure as always. Um, hopefully we get to see each other in person Monday um, week, which will be really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's great to continue on this journey as as as, as mostly digital. <laughs> sometimes, Dude, it's uh, in person. It's, a, it's great. A beautiful um, growing friendship. We just have one other thing to do. There's the other Ryan, and he's got the hunting thing. We yeah. have we have to go. I have to come with you hunting. I can't. I want to eat some meat with you, okay? And, like, I'm not useful in many things when it comes to hunting, but I'm pretty strong, so you could put something on my back and I'll carry it, all right? Yeah. I, I well, can we could always go on easier. Like, have you got a mile my next month? No, no. Uh, they, built a, they built a road through our mai, mai um in Natawahia, and so now it's like there's no posse and the world's kind of changing from duck shooting, so... I'll text you offline. We need. I need some help. We need to get some duck shooting posies. Yeah, I'm yeah. a good quacker, bro. I'm a good quacker. Good. Well, if, you know, if I do get the invite that's supposed to come, then I might have to say, oh, can I bring a plus one? And I'll go. He, he, didn't, he, he knows how to duck shoot, so there's no rookie. <laughs> if he's good quacker. <laughs> <laughs> no, also, 